What's up, guys? Burke Layden here with my friend Will Rommel. Yo, what's up, boys? Uh, we're going to be doing a podcast. It's called the Lansdowne Podcast. Uh, we're just two kids. We met at a broadcasting camp, and this is how we want to start our careers. So here we go. Um, our first topic today will be the Boston Red Sox. We're both Sox fans. So, Will, uh, what do you think of what you've seen so far? Dude, this offense has been so freaking hot. It's unbelievable. They're raking the ball right now. I mean, even the pitching hasn't been that bad. I mean, Stephen Wright and David Price have both been um, pretty good as of late. I know David Price had a rough start, but his past few starts, he's been pretty good. Rick Porcello hasn't looked too bad, even though his past few starts, he's been kind of rocky. But I like the way the pitching is looking right now for a team that wasn't supposed to have any pitching at all. And then, obviously, the offense is just on fire. For sure, for sure. When you have two guys that have the two longest hitting streaks in the uh, MLB on the same team, you know something's going right for you. And then, I mean, if you think about it, not only has our pitching staff overachieved, but we we just got Erod back for his first start uh, of the season. He looked pretty good to me. What, did he give up two runs, four hits? Is that right? Went six innings? Yeah, six innings. I, I think having him back is going to be a huge boost to this pitching staff, too. Because now you don't have to rely on a guy like Joe Kelly. You can send him down to AAA. Exactly. And I, like you said, David Price, he hasn't been his best yet. He's starting to come around. If he keeps it up, I mean, we're 11 games above 500 right now. Our ace is obviously one of the best pitchers in the league when he reaches potential. Buckholtz is out of there. Like you said, Kelly, eh. But Erod, I, I really like this pitching staff. Porcello, he's, like you said, he's kind of... Uh, been on the downward spiral lately, but he's still overachieved, I would say, thus far. So I really the talents there for um, Porcello. For sure. Now, do you think we'd oh. have to pick up? Do we have to pick up a starter to be contenders? Do you think this year? Yes, but only because I wouldn't count on Stephen Wright staying at what he's doing right now. Right. And I wouldn't count on Porcello being as good as he has been this season. Not that he'll be worse, but I think you need more than that for the playoffs. Like, I don't think getting to the playoffs is going to be an issue for the Red Sox, but winning there could be a problem with the pitching. I agree, and like you said, Stephen Wright, the guy is tied for the league lead in complete games, a knuckleballer. Stephen Wright, nobody had heard of him before this year besides Sox fans, so you got to like what you've seen from him. And like you said, a lot of a lot of our pitchers have actually underachieved, so... To be 11 games above 500 on June 2nd is it's, it's awesome. I mean, I love it. Sox in recent years haven't been so good, so this is nice. Um, but, no, yeah. Seriously, I think this team has potential to win a World Series this year. Not saying they will, or at least actually represent the AL, I think, is almost a given if they can pick up a pitcher. Oh, for sure. The AL is so weak. For sure. This offense is so freaking good, dude. Like, it's unbelievable how good this offense is. They score seven runs, it seems, almost every night. Yeah, we scored nine runs and still lose last night. So, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say our offense is doing all right. Um, what do you think of Harvey? Do you think the Sox are going to go for him? I've heard some rumors swirling with Matt Harvey. So, what do you think? I think, see, Matt Harvey has not had a good season, but there's so much talent there that I think the Red Sox would have to give up too much to actually have it be a good deal for them. I agree. I agree. See, I'm... A, a trade rumor that I do like that I've heard of is either um, Ryan Braun, which I would love. That outfield would be unbelievable if Ryan Braun came here, which no. I think I've heard it'd be swihard for Braun straight up and maybe throwing in someone else, which, honestly, I would do. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'd ra- I just I don't know. I don't think we need Ryan Braun. Our outfield's fine as it is, and we don't. I don't want to give up Swihart. He's a young guy with a lot of upside. And Braun, I don't. He, what's he? Thirty two, and, and he's having a good year so far. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think we need Braun. I'd rather get a pitcher. I don't, think, I don't think you need it, but I don't mind the thought. Right. Okay. Um. And on Harvey, I agree. I don't think I don't want us to go out and get another ace. I'd rather us get a middle-of-the-road guy, a two or a third, a second or a third starter, person. I would take James Shields. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, in a heartbeat, I'd take James Shields for sure. Um, he's nothing special, but... Right, we wouldn't have to give up much. Yeah. yeah. He's pitched in the AL East before. 
Right, he has experience. We wouldn't have to give up much, I wouldn't think, for Shields. So, yes, I would easily take that. You definitely wouldn't have to give up anything like the Hall that you'd have to give up for Harvey. No, not a, not even close. Nothing. I, I don't even think we'd have to give up... We could probably get away with giving up a few prospects for Shields, so... Yeah, the, the, we have a deep system, too. So. Exactly, yep. And as we touched on uh, a deep system, how about this Benintendi kid? Oh, dude, I love him. I, I love Andrew Benintendi. I cannot wait to see this kid in a Red Sox uniform. Cannot wait. He's batting, I think, like 360 in uh, Portland right now. He has had an unbelievable year. He was down in single A, now he's up with the Sea Dogs. Yep. And I, I want to get a chance to see him this summer. Yeah, me too. Uh, we both got a chance to see him last summer when he was with Lowell, and I liked what I saw there. I think he homered in that game. Dude, yeah, he did. He hit, he hit a freaking ding-dong. Yep. <laughs> Shout he out did. to Jared Carabas for that one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, dude, he raked one when we were there, and he hit a double. So, he just looks good. Um, I think we've got some great prospects coming up, like uh, Yoan Mancata. Yes. Who looks like who looks like a built twenty six year old man in an eighteen year old's body. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. He, he looks he is enormous for a nineteen year old. He is huge. He is so jacked. Basically, what we're saying is, if you haven't got a chance to really invest time in in uh, seeing these prospects that the Red Sox have, uh, you probably know we've got a good core of young players. The Red Sox are going to be freaking amazing for years to come. This is not just like just one year fluke. They're going to be good for a long They're time. They're going to be good for a long time. The Sox are here to stay, and it's just a matter of how far we'll go this season. Uh, I think we're going to be competitive for many years to come, so this is this is awesome. Yeah, I, I think this team is going to be good for at least the next five years, probably more. For sure. But depending on, you know, where free agents go if we lose guys. But with what we have right now, we've got some guys locked up for – the next four or five years, so we'll be good for at least that amount of time. Also, shout out to Travis Shaw. You can't say enough about the guy. He's making $600,000. He came in. People were just pissed because Pablo Sandoval wasn't, uh, you know, he came into spring training out of shape looking like a roly-poly. And uh, Shaw gets a start over him, and people are like, yeah, like we're expecting mediocre results. And he has been amazing. So I'm extremely impressed with what I've seen from him. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people. I was the first one to say, wow, he's played half of a good season, not even. So I, I, would, I was the first one to say, I don't expect big things out of him. Me neither. And I was skeptical, yep. If it wasn't for Machado at third, there's a possibility that he could be an all-star. So Yeah. I mean, that's how I good mean, the guy's been. I agree. He's been great defensively, too. So Very underrated. He's impressed me. And I'll, I'll admit, I was the first one to say, I don't expect him to be And I was the first one to say Hanley Ramirez could never play first base ever. (laughs) Has not made an error all year, and we're in June. So shout out to Hanley. Because after watching him play left last year, I thought moving him to first would be the worst mistake in Red Sox history. Oh, I thought he was going to be awful. I thought he'd have 15 errors by this point, but wow. Because honestly, first base is not as easy as people give it credit for, especially at the major league level. Oh, no, not at all. It's. It's a task, and you watch him, and it's not like he's—it's not like he hasn't made an error because he hasn't done anything. He's made a lot of nice plays out there. He's looked like a first baseman. It does not look like a guy who's a veteran that's now playing his first year at first. He looks like he's been doing this his whole career. So shout out no, to him. He, he's hustled a ton too he, on the base pass, playing first base. He's been unbelievable. I, I can't give the guy enough credit. And I need Boston fans to stop freaking out about. His power isn't there. The guy's batting 287. What more do you want? I just, I can't stand that. Never satisfied. Take what we can get. He's batting 287. I don't care if he has six home, what's he at, four, six homers, something like I think, that? I think it's four home runs. Four home runs, yeah. I If he's batting 287, I don't really care about the power. I'd rather him ha- be batting 287 with four home runs than have 15 and be batting 220, so. Obviously, the offense is not suffering because of it. Exactly. Exactly. It's coming from other places. Yes, it's coming from every other person, pretty much. I mean, we were complaining about Mookie Betts, and now the guy had five home runs and seven at-bats the last two nights, so everyone's hitting. That's what I love about this team. It's not one guy. We don't have that one guy who the whole team relies on. It's a different guy every night, whether it be Jackie Bradley Jr., David Ortiz, 
How have we not talked about David Ortiz yet? The guy's 40 years old. He's batting 320. He leads the league in uh, RBIs. He's up there That's in home runs. 51 RBIs. Doubles. Yep, 51 RBIs. Leads the league in doubles. Ugh. Can't say enough about him. He's going to have the best farewell. He's on pace to have the best farewell season of all time. One thing I will say about it, though, he better freaking retire or he's going to look like an idiot. Uh, yeah, or, and honestly, or, I think he, he better will. better tell people now that he's not retiring. I, I he think he's keep, done. He be, he, I think, you know what it is? He said that it's really the preparation for the season that gets old. Yes. Not the season itself because it's a lot of work to stay in shape and get in shape for a season and train for a whole offseason. Exactly, which it is. I know I've... I've uh, done a lot of reading on him, and I know he puts in a ton of work in the offseason. So, you know, I get that. I respect that. And I really do think he's sticking by his decision to be done. If you had asked me even uh, at the beginning of May, I would have said he was coming back just based on what he had done. But he's been asked numerous times, and every time he's been pretty adamant that this is it. So, um, It's a true grind for a 40-year-old man to get prepared for a 162-game season. So I totally respect the fact that he's calling it quits, especially if he goes out like this, possibly with a World Series ring. Which would just be amazing. We owe that to the man. If he can go out on top, you know, even if he hits 300 this year, that'd be insane. Even anywhere close to 300 this year, if we can just get him a World Series ring on top of that, that'd just be awesome. What a way to cap off the guy's career. That would be unbelievable. That'd be his fourth in Boston. No better way to send the guy off. Oh, no, there isn't. Um, anything else we missed on Red Sox talk? I don't think so. I think we should move on to the NL East in general. All right, so the East. I've got the Sox winning the East in a tight uh, race with the Blue Jays. I think the Orioles are going to drop off. I'm not saying they're going to be horrible. I think they'll finish third, uh, Yankees fourth, and the Rays in the cellar. But I think the Blue Jays, they're starting to catch fire, and they're way too good to be... Um, to be 500 like they are right now. So the Blue Jays yeah, will come soaring. The Blue Jays' offense is way too good to not have them finish in at least second in the division. Oh, their offense is insane. And they also have some great pitching a great pitching staff, too. People overlook that with this team. They think they're all pitching, but they're, they're all offense, pardon me. But they have great pitching, too. Um, Aaron Sanchez has impressed me. Aaron Sanchez could be an ace. Is an ace, basically. I mean... Stroman might be the race, but the way Sanchez looked last night, he looked like an ace out there, and he, I think he's capable of being an ace. And the thing with Marcus Stroman is his biggest fault is that he doesn't strike guys out. No, he doesn't. He's a contact pitcher for sure. So, but he has potential to be unbelievable because he has the drive and the motivation, and there is no, I, Marcus Stroman thinks he can do anything. I, he, be, he, truly, he truly believes that he can do anything. And I think that's one of the most important aspects for a pitcher to have because you need to have the mental strength to pitch in the MLB. I love Stroman. I honestly, uh, a lot of Red Sox fans don't think too highly of the Blue Jays. I like the team a lot as a whole. I love the way I love the way Stroman plays. I love the way a lot of the guys on the team plays. I really like Encarnacion, Bautista, but Stroman especially, like you mentioned, the way he just pushes and he he's such a competitor. Every game is a game seven to him, and that's what I love about the guy. No days off, you know, he's always out there competing, and some people look take that the wrong way, but to me, that's just a guy that will do anything and everything he can to win. Yo, me, me and you are, are both pretty short, so, you know, I don't measure hard. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the Sox win in the East. Uh, do the Blue Jays get a wild card, do you think? Um, yes. Yes, yeah, I, the, I the, agree. The AL is so weak that there's no way that they don't. Yep, I think so too. Um, I see them finishing around the ninety win mark. So, yeah, I think the, I don't think the Sox will get to a uh, hundred. I think the Sox will win between maybe ninety two and ninety seven, somewhere around there, somewhere around the ninety five yeah, mark. That, that sounds reasonable. That's that's what it seems like they'll get to. And yeah, and I think the Jays will win right around ninety, as you said. So, yeah. And then I, the teams you have in the Central with the Royals, the White Sox, and uh, the Indians. The, Indians, one of those teams will be the other wild card. Yeah, I like the Indians to be the other wild card, personally. That's yeah, a good team. I, I've got um, the Royals winning that division, and yep. the only reason I do is because the White Sox don't have a ton of established talent in the rotation behind the sale. Yeah, 
Quintana has had a great season, but I don't, I don't know if he can keep it up. I'm a little iffy with that. Yeah, he, he has been great, but I, I don't think he can keep it up. Me neither. So, yeah, I, I don't think the White Sox will maintain the pace they're at either. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, the AL West sucks. Oh, the AL West is awful. Yeah. The AL West sucks. I mean, the Rangers are good. The Rangers are a good team. And Seattle has talent, but they're a star-driven team. They have three guys that can hit in that lineup, and without them, they're screwed. And can Seattle even win in October? How many guys on that team have playoff experience? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. Cano does. Uh, Cano is on fire, by the way. Yeah, he's having a monster he's season. He's having a hell of a season. And good for him. Uh, I hated him as a Yankee, but... Uh, well, but I'm glad he's finally earning the money. Exactly, yeah. So, he's he's starting to, uh, to live up to that paycheck. But then, once you get, get past Seattle, the team sucks. Oakland sucks. Houston, for some reason, sucks. And yeah, the, the, the Angels suck. So, yep. once you get past those top two teams, that division's awful. And honestly, I know that I think the Red Sox are going to win the AL East. But I think four of the five teams, I think the Rays suck. But the Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles, and Red Sox all have talent to win a division. I mean, the Yankees are old, but I think all four of those teams could. But it's, I think it's definitely going to come down to the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. See, yeah, I agree. I don't think the Yankees have enough talent to win. I think the Yankees are too old, and they're mediocre. And I'm so sick of Yankees fans freaking out about how bad their team is. They're two games, two or three games below 500, and their fans act like they've got 50 losses already, and it annoys the hell out of me because Yankees fans can't deal with anything less than a World Series. Anything less than a World Series to them is... A horrible season. They're just spoiled. So I'm I'm glad to see the Yankees being mediocre, and that's what I think they'll be. I don't think they'll be awful. I think they'll win around 80 games. I think that's their peak. I don't I don't see them winning more than 80 games this season. Yeah, no, their rotation. They have nothing behind Tanaka. No, so. and even Tanaka's not an ace. Cashman even said himself Tanaka was never meant to be higher than a third starter. No. Yeah, I mean. And they screwed up getting not, they're Chapman. Not, they're not a bad team. They're not bad, but they're not. Exactly, and they never should have got Chapman. I mean, the guy's amazing, but they didn't need it. Their bullpen was already stacked. Andrew Miller could have closed for them. I don't know why they didn't just wait for him to become a free agent and sign him. They have all the money in the world. Yep, exactly, I don't know. And now and, they're and talking- it's not like he put them over the top. No, he didn't. He didn't. By the way, uh, I'm pretty sure the Red Sox are down 12-6. to 12-6, to six. sweet. So we go up, f- we're down 4 nothing. Uh, go up 5-4, and uh, yeah, we're right back down 12-6. Awesome. All right. Looks like the Red Sox win the division. That's all I'm gonna say. Eleven to five. Eleven to five. Eleven to five. All right. That's the score. Yeah. Well, we'll be all right, but we can't keep giving up double-digit runs. I don't think we will, though. So we'll be fine. We need to add a bullpen arm. Losing Carson Smith was pretty big. That was a blow. Yeah. A lot of people just kind of poo-pooed that, but I thought that was a big blow. I I really like Carson Smith. I think he was a I, obviously, he wasn't like an elite reliever, but he was somebody who to take the pressure off. Uh, he was pretty good. Like he, he was, and honestly, I watched him pitch a game against the White Sox his first game off the DL. I mean, dude, yeah. his his fastball, it moves. Yeah, it like, does. It, it has a ton of movement. For sure. And he he looked very good, and I think it's a huge blow to the bullpen. It is because Farrell has the tendency to overuse guys anyway. And now with and one is, less arm. It is tough to find bullpen talent. It is tough. It is, yeah. And so, yeah, our bullpen's a little light right now. Uh, that definitely didn't help. We'll see what Buckholz has. I'm so sick of hearing we'll see what Clay Buckholz has. I oh, It just drives me to, oh, I can't I can't deal with it. Let's okay. see what the guy has. But we'll, we'll see how he is as a reliever. <sighs> okay, Clay Buckholz has talent. Like, the stuff is there. But, God. His head is never in the game. Ever. He doesn't care. He Losing doesn't bother him. That's the problem with Clay Buckles. The care is not there. He has confidence issues, which to me is absurd. The guy's been in the majors for 11 years, and he has confidence issues. Like you said, the stuff's there. I, mean, I don't understand I don't understand how he can say, I see myself as a starter. Oh, I, I, I have no idea. He makes $13 million, and he just got bumped from the rotation. Are you kidding Can't me? Can't you just acknowledge that you suck? Like, not meaning that you suck as a player, meaning go, I've been bad, I need to work on something. Ex- not go, I see myself as a starter. Exactly. 
I couldn't agree more. Did you see what he blamed the Boston media and fan base for, like, never giving him a fair shot and always talking bad about him? Like, dude, just go out there and perform and take responsibility for yourself. You haven't been good. Talking about with that mental toughness, where as Strowman pushes himself and Clay Buckholz does the opposite. Exactly, they're complete opposites, and that's why Strowman's so successful. I think Buckholz honestly has as good, if not better, stuff than Strowman, but his head's not there. His head is not there at all. Buckholz has the stuff, as you said. Twelve five, Adam Jones solo home run. Who's pitching? I'm gonna check. This is awful. I don't know. Whoever's in there, I guarantee you, he's been in there for at least an inning. Farrell has watched him give up. So it looks like we're going to split with the Orioles in front of a 75% Red Sox crowd. Ramirez is pitching? Yes. We just called him up today, didn't we? Yes, he was called up for Joe Kelly. Ugh, Joe Kelly. Yeah, that was something last night. Wow. He comes out of the games after two and a third, gave up seven runs, and we still had a lead. Yeah, Joe Kelly has stuff, too. He's another guy who has stuff, but he doesn't know where to put it. Doesn't know how to place pitches. No, not at all. His placement sucks. But you're right. Stuff moves with Kelly. I if you if you have a hundred mile per hour fastball, you should not get shelled for seven runs. In two it's inexcusable. Runs. He he leaves everything over the heart of the plate. Yeah. He makes pitches way too hittable. He reminds me a little bit of Henry Owens. Henry Owens does the same thing. Henry Owens was supposed to be the be- the next big thing, and he sucks. He sucks. He's not the next big thing. He's awful. Brian Johnson sucks. He's even worse. Yeah. He's worse than Owens. Yeah. They were both supposed to be good. A lot and of people are supposed to be good. It, it is tough to pick out talent in baseball. A lot of guys flame out once they hit double A or triple A. It's just the season's so long. It's so hard to project and you know, injuries and yeah, it's hard. Baseball's the hardest sport to predict, but the guys yeah. are so good when they come up. Like you have to be so good to play in the majors. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can't, you're not a Major League Baseball player if you don't put in work. I mean, it's, some sports, no, you, you can just be an athlete, not baseball. You can't rest on your laurels. Exactly, no. Alright, so that sounds like enough baseball for now, so should we move on into the NBA Finals? Uh, yes, the NBA Finals sounds good. So, Will, uh, who do you have winning this series, and how many games, and why? Wow. Seven, but I think I, I think I have the Cavs in six. So when you think about it from last year, the Cavs went six games with no Kevin Love and no Kyrie. True. And yep. So I think that the Cavs are better than people give them credit for, because everyone says, "Oh, the Eastern Conference sucks," which it does. Believe me, the Eastern Conference does suck. Mm-hmm. But the Cavs, the Cavs are pretty good. Like Kevin Love, LeBron James, and Kyrie all put together is a pretty damn good big. Yeah. So, the Warriors may have more depth overall, but from last year, the Cavs have gained a ton of depth. They, yeah. They've added some experienced veterans on that team. Honestly, best pickup of the NBA season for any team is Channing Frye for the Cavs. Channing Frye's been outstanding. He has been unbelievable. He was very he was good in Phoenix. It's just no one gave him credit, but yeah, he has been outstanding. His shooting in Cleveland has been yeah. His, his three-point shooting in Cleveland has been unbelievable. And when I say I think the Cavs are going to win, I also think LeBron has this drive because if LeBron loses this finals, he'll be 2-5 and five in NBA finals. Not that it's completely his fault, but that looks bad. Oh, it looks awful. What, when you're trying to mark your name in the record books, it looks bad, yeah. I mean, he's made it yeah. to six NBA finals, but nobody will think about that if his record's 2-5 and five in his career, so yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. The fact that the Cavs have added depth, I think gives them a much better shot. Yeah. That being said, I like the Warriors in five. I, I just think, as you touched on the Eastern Conference's week, the Warriors have played the best of the best, and they've been successful against the best of the best, and just last series against the Thunder, they went down 3-1, and everyone said, they're done, it's over, their backs were against the wall. And they won the last three games, and they dominated, and they looked like the Warriors we saw this year that won 73 games, 
And I think that was the test that they needed to be elite. I think that was their test, and I think now they're ready to perform at that level all the time. And I think they're going to dominate this series. I think Cleveland wins one. Maybe maybe they win game three in Cleveland. Game four, they'll win one at home. And I think the rest of the Warriors. I think they're too good. Okay. I, w- I would not be surprised if what you say happened. I- I'm not going to lie. Like I know how good the Warriors are. The Cavs is more of just a gut feeling. And then there there is, I do have reason to back it up. It's not like I- if this was the Celtics, I'm like, oh, I want the Celtics to win. And I have a gut right. that they're going to win. So they're going to like, I-, I-, I honestly do believe that people do not give the Cavs enough credit. I agree. And that, and that they could do it. Like, Yeah, they're a very I- talented team. And I think Andre Iguodala is really overrated, just throwing out there. Like, I don't... I'm not trying to bash anyone here, but I just don't think he's the player that we give him credit for. Um, No. But I do think the Warriors are just an amazing team. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, I really like Draymond Green. I know people don't really like the way he plays. I do. I I like that brand of basketball. The old school. Um, I just think that team is too good. I I do see where Forty-nine, forty-one, two minutes. Yeah. So right so now, it's a tight one. Yeah, it's tight. The Cavs, I will say the Cavs have gone down by double digits a few times and have come right back with a shot of their own. So I, they, they're keeping themselves in the game, which is important if, if they want to win the series. They need to get the ball inside. The they Cavs do, they need to get the ball, the ball inside. inside to LeBron because the Warriors don't have a rim protector. No, Bogut. Andrew, Andrew Bogut is yeah. not a true. No, I like Bogut offensively. Defensively, he's a little soft. Yeah, he is. And altogether, I think until last year, the Warriors obviously changed the way that basketball has been played in the NBA or maybe the model for a championship. But up until last year, you needed a real big man to win the NBA Finals. Yeah. You needed you a big man that could score and play defense. Right. And that's – see, I'm not – I'm a much bigger college basketball fan than I am the NBA – I think they get a little lazy on defense sometimes. But you're right. that You do need to... It's still... It's the most important part of the game, in my opinion. You need to play defense. And a lot of these stars don't. And that's what really grinds my gears about the NBA. But you're right. Yeah. Because in the NBA, dude, everyone can score. So if you don't play right. defense... They're all elite players in by the world standards. They may not all be elite NBA players, but they all can score. Exactly. If you don't play defense, they all can score. Right. If you leave a guy wide open in the NBA, he should hit it every time. 99% of the time, you'll hit it. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I I see what you're saying with the Warriors, but I disagree just for the fact that I think Cleveland's due. I think Cleveland's due. They are? They're overdue. Yeah. But... uh, Way overdue. Those fans... Do you remember the Cleveland Indians played the Marlins in the World Series in, uh, I want to say, 06? I want to say 06. And the Indians were up in Game 7, like 3-2 to two in the bottom of the ninth, like one out. I don't know. It was something like that. And they brought the champagne into the Indians locker room, and it was like Cleveland had won it. And they blew it, and the Mar and uh, Marlins went on to win the World Series, and it's just like that's what Cleveland is. They've been close time and time again, so yeah, yes, that city's over there. That was uh, 1997. That was 97. Yes. Holy crap! Okay. Yeah, that was 1997. Um, I also remember in I believe it was 2007, the year the Red Sox won the World Series. Yep. The Indians being up three one on the Red Sox. Yes, in the AL. Yeah, in the CS. Yes, in the yeah. ALCS, they were up 3-1 on the Red Sox, and they blew it. They were, yep. Yep, and then the Sox went on to sweep the Rockies. But yes, I do remember that. Yes, and the Cavs, are, would, they'd be nothing without LeBron. Like, but, right. Um, now, uh, and I mean that when I say that. If the Cavs did not have LeBron when he was with Kyrie and Kevin Love, uh, they would be a 50-win team in the East. Right, they'd be an Eastern Conference team. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they'd be a 50-win team in the East. 
Yeah. They, they would be pretty good because they have the two stars with, like, Lowry and DeRozan. If you take LeBron out of that series, that would have been an amazing series. Oh, the, Raptors, Cavs. If, if you took LeBron out of that series, I, I would take the Raptors in seven. Yeah. But that, that would have been possibly a series for the ages. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that would be an amazing series. The Raptors are two different teams, though. At home and on the road, it's night and day. It's not oh, the same yeah. team. Yeah. And the thing that pisses me off about that is that Raptors fans suck. Because when the they Raptors aren't good, Raptors no one goes. fans don't go to the games. No one goes, exactly. I, I would like to um, know how many Raptors games Drake went to before the Raptors were good. Oh, yeah, me too. It, they're like that with baseball, though, too, Toronto fans. The Blue Jays, like, they're awesome when their no team's good. No one showed up to Blue Jays games last year. Right, that's exactly. No one even. I, people, we uh, Jared Kravis mentioned this. He thought people were gonna boo David Price when he came back to uh, Toronto with the Red Sox, which they shouldn't because he brought them to the playoffs. But it's like Toronto fans, many of them started following the team last like September October. So a lot of them probably thought he had been with the Blue Jays his whole career. Like, what do they know? But uh, they didn't. Right. In their defense, they uh, they did applaud him for the most part, which was good. But um. The only Toronto team that has good fans are the Maple Leafs. Right, because it's hockey. I mean, I mean, and I mean, hockey's everything there. They, they're assholes, Maple Leaf fans. Oh, they're but, horrible, yeah. But they are good fans. They yeah, they're loyal. They're very loyal. Their team hasn't been good in years, so yeah. Yeah. But Toronto fans, for the most part, piss me off. Yeah, feelings mutual. And I, I know around like the country that Boston fans like piss people off because, oh, we're spoiled, which is true. Um, my in whole life, I've been, I've been accustomed to championships from all four teams here and being contenders every year, but we're loyal. Like, yeah. Like, I, I know, like, it's only been two seasons, um, or was it three? 14, 15 for the Red Sox, two, two last place seasons in a row. Two, two in a row, yeah. Yeah, so I know that it's only two seasons. I, I still watched every game. I still rooted for yep, them. Yep, me too. Sucked. I knew they sucked, and it pissed me off, but I still watched every game. It didn't matter. When, exactly. It's still your Celtics, team. When the Celtics finished 25 and 57, I still watched every game. Like, I, I still enjoyed watching the Celtics, and I still rooted for them. See, like, that's, I, that's the thing in Boston. The fans may be spoiled. We might be harsh. But if the Red Sox lose 100 games, people still care. There's still care and in I, that And scene. I'm still going to come back next season. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm still going to go to a game. I don't have the ability to go to a ton of games, but I'm going to go to a game. Exactly. I'm, I'm a three-sport no three Boston fan. I'm a Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox fan, and then I like the Steelers in football, so I've been spoiled as well. Um, right. But, yeah. Put it this way. Think about all the fans that stuck with the Red Sox for 86 years. Exactly. Exactly. And I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that. I give it up for Cubs fans. What they did to Steve Bartman was wrong. The guy didn't deserve it. But I think any city that's really diehard, unfortunately, as sad as it is, a lot of asshole fans would have done the same thing. As horrible also, as what he Cubs went through is, but this might be your year. Yeah. This the, might be your year. The Cubs are unbelievable. Cubs and Red Sox are gonna be two of the best teams in the MLB for a long time. A long time, and they both have. And, the awesome fans they have aren't there, fan base. The Cubs lost Schwarber this year too. Yeah, that's bad. right. And they are still the best team in the MLB without him. So, speaking of injuries, the Giants lost Hunter Pence. Did you see that? I did see that today. Hamstring, yeah, that's like fourth inning yesterday. It is unfortunate. He was having a great year too. Hunter Pence is always injured though. I yeah, he is. I love the way recently, the guy plays. Recently, though. the he. He has been, yeah. In recent years, he has been injury-prone. But, first of all, the Giants are not as good as I thought they were going to be. No. I, it's, th- it's an even year. It's an even year. I expected the Giants to win the World Series. It's an even year. Right, yeah. It's been three in a row now, right? 10, 12, I and mean, 14? They're leading the division, the, the Giants. But 12 games, but what are they? 34 and, or they're, I mean, yeah, 34 yeah, and 22, 34 right? 34 and 22. Yeah. Yeah, they're but, 
they're they're good. They're not dominant. I would take I guess you could say. Uh, the Nationals and the Cubs and the Pirates over them. And, and the, Met- actually, the Cardinals. What about the Mets? You think the Nationals are better than the Mets? Yes. Uh, okay. I think the Nationals are better than the Mets if, um, what's his name? Uh, if, if Harvey keeps pitching like this. Yes, and if Strasburg keeps pitching like he has been for the Nats because he's been unbelievable. But yes, if Harvey keeps slumping, I think the Nats are a better team than the Mets. Yes. And, and the Mets' offense is still kind of a question mark to me. It's inconsistent. Oh, no, it definitely is. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Not a question. The Mets' offense is still a question mark. They're, it is. Are, and that seems to be a common theme. No, it's improved. It's definitely improved. But it, it's not. You, you, they have the pitching, but you also need offense to win World Series. You do. Right. And they don't have that offense yet. I would dream for a rotation like the Mets have. Could you imagine that if the oh, Red Sox had the young. Mets rotation? They're all young. Oh, they're they're all young. They make almost no money, and they're amazing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, your ace right now is pitching the worst he has all in all of his career and look at what the other guys are doing. I mean Syndergaard Thor. Thor. Yes. What how many starters throw ninety eight to hundred miles per hour consistently? That's crazy. Joe Kelly. Yeah, Joe Kelly, but he leaves it right over the plate. <laughs> but, yeah, but Joe Kelly doesn't know anymore. Yeah. I love Thor. So uh coming from baseball uh again, which we went back to uh <laughs> Yes, here we go. NHL playoffs. The greatest oh, playoffs in professional sports. Unbelievable. Oh, definitely. Not even a question. Hands down. I love the NHL playoffs. Playoff hockey is great. I mean, unfortunately, the Bruins have missed the playoffs the past two years. But we pissed that away this year. Yes, playoff hockey, without a doubt. Any game, give it to me. I'm down. Love the NHL playoffs. But oh, yes, the Bruins have just sucked. We pissed it away this year. So today, so used to them making it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the NHL playoffs is unbelievable. It and is unbelievable. I think the fact that Marlowe and Thornton have the chance to win a ring together is unbelievable. It really is. And San Jose's never won a ring. No. So the, that'd be awesome two for players, Marlowe and Thornton, Love em. have the second and third most games ever played in the playoffs without winning. Yep, I saw that. And Thornton was drafted by the Bruins. He was. Yep. Traded for Patrice Bergeron, I'll still do that trade. Yeah, I, I'll i okay, still take that trade. I'd but, still do it. Yeah. Ber- Bergeron's a winner. But I love Thornton. So. I mean, I yes, I would totally do that trade. Uh, I have no complaints about that trade, but I do love Joe Thornton. So. I, okay, I, Thornton is a better player than Bergeron. Bergeron's a better leader. But Bergeron is a better leader, and he's a winner. He is a winner, yeah. So, and you, you, you can't put a price on winning. Right. Nope, that's true. And, oh! <laughs> Most beautiful man in hockey. Also a former Bruin. Yes, that's right. Castle was a Bruin. Yes, he was, and he was also a Maple Leaf. God bless his soul. He was a Maple Leaf for a long time. He was drafted by the Bruins, I want to say. He was. Yeah. He was. Yep. First round pick. Yeah, I think he might have been a first overall. No. He was first round. He wasn't first overall. Thornton yeah, was first Yeah, but we, we traded him in essence for Dougie Hamilton and Tyler Sagan. And right, both. and we both got rid of them. Yeah, or we got rid of both of them. I mean, yeah. And look what Sagan's done in Dallas. Wow. Sagan trade kills me. Every time I Ugh. hear Sagan, I want to cry. I know. It's I unbelievable know. how good that how good he is. I mean, Shirelli just didn't want to let him develop. <laughs> you have to give I, a kid with that much talent time. I you can't stand Shirelli. Oh no! Thank God the Oilers. Yeah, I know. He's the reason we sucked these last two. Like, well, not sucked. The Bruins didn't suck. We were mediocre. I should not say sucked. We missed the playoffs both years by a couple of points, so we didn't suck. But came down to the last day. Exactly. Yep. So. But isn't it fitting that the Oilers?
It is. There's <laughs> there's no other franchise that Some sums him up. Yeah. It's ironic. And he'll probably screw them up too. I think personally the Bruins should trade uh or either buy out Seidenberg or trade him or Chara to the Oilers for one of their young pieces. Because yeah, but, not not obviously not like Taylor Hall or um Well you're not gonna get that. Hunter McDavid or anything crazy right. like that. But Nugent Hopkins, you're not gonna get that, yeah. Oh yeah. He's young. I mean, he hasn't been he hasn't been good. He's been bad for a pick as high as he was. But I'd take a shot on him. Right, because he has more upside then. And the reality is Char and Zeidenberg, I love them both, but they're both they're done. They're washed up and, and, and the Oilers they're not the players they need better in defense. Right. So I they're they not need the leadership presence. Right. And that's what they're gonna bring. That's what those two bring. They bring leadership. They're they still play hard, it's just the talent's not there. It was. It, they're not and, the players they were five years ago. Exactly. Because they are locked up in cap jail right now. Yeah. Real bad. But getting back to this series, who do you got? Who do you got in this series? I know um, uh, Pittsburgh is already up 2-0. Pittsburgh's so. up 2-0. I want the Sharks, but I think Pittsburgh is too fast. And my knock on them coming in was they didn't defend. But they have proved me wrong this postseason. They Their defense has stepped it up big time, especially in this series. And they're just so much faster right. than the Sharks. It's Because the Sharks can score. They can. The Sharks can score. It's, and they, Pittsburgh has stopped them. But, yeah, the Sharks just can't keep up. No, they can't. And they, I, also, they also have... Both teams have goalies that have never done this before. Right. Which is crazy. When usually to get to the finals... You need veterans. Obviously both goalies have stood on their heads. But... Right, and outside of outside of Pittsburgh, almost no one had heard of Matt Murray before this playoffs. I hadn't. I I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. I know who Martin Jones is for the San Jose Sharks because the Bruins traded him. Yeah, I did. I did know Martin Jones. Which, by the way, looks like a bad trade. Yeah, it does. So it does. At the time, I didn't think it was because I didn't think he had this kind of upside, to be honest. No, and and the Bruins are now getting the twenty ninth and thirtieth pick. Right. When coming into the season, people thought it might be uh, a top 14 pick. They might miss the playoffs. Right. But seeing now that it is one of the last two picks in the first round and seeing what Martin Jones has. It's, it doesn't look also good. Also playing for dirt cheap money, by the way, where Tuka Rask is playing for way too much money, where for if where he was going to suck like he did this year. Yeah, he did. Compared to his previous. He didn't have the guys in front of him, but still, he, he did not look good this year. Yeah, I know. That was awful. I mean, like you said, it's not his fault. I I hope and I bet that he was really, really sick because knowing the competitor... I think he was. I, I heard that he was sitting on the bench and just felt like he was gonna, going to vomit. Right, yeah, I, I heard like that he too. Couldn't move. He couldn't move. So that's what I heard, that he if he moved, he felt like he was right. going to throw. And I don't know, did you watch that so, last game? It was against the Senators. I remember like it was yesterday. I started watching it. I didn't finish watching it. I, I, for, yeah, uh, that was awful. After the second period, that game was over. Pasternak scored like two minutes in. We went up one nothing real early. Yes. I thought we were, uh, yep. And I think we lost like 6-1 or something awful like that. It was 6-1. Yeah, so, it's pathetic. Uh, do, you have, do you have Pittsburgh in this series? Uh, yes, I do, getting back to that. I have Pittsburgh in... I've got Pittsburgh in six. Yeah, I, I think the Sharks are going to win both their games at home. I do too. But I do think I think the Penguins are going to walk away in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's four or five. I think if right. the Penguins win this first game, it's, over. it's back in San Jose. This series is over in four games. I do too. Yep, I agree. Because what do the, what do the Sharks have to play for? Right. I mean, obviously, it, it happens in, in hockey sometimes. It's a but lot of hockey, but yeah, it not. It, it would be unbelievable if the Sharks came back from 3-0 down to win a final. Right, it'd be... That would be the story. It's never happened in a Stanley Cup history. final, I that, don't that believe. 
It's never happened in a Stanley no, Cup final, right? Yeah, no. There's okay. No, way. no, I don't think it had. But yeah, it would be it'd be unbelievable if it's not gonna happen. I think, like you said, the Sharks can win them both at home. No, it won't. It, it won't. No, it won't. But Pittsburgh, which, which makes it a whole new ball game, it makes it two-two. It's a whole new series. It's a best of three. Right. I just think Pittsburgh's too good at home. I think the Sharks wins game. I think the Sharks win game three convincingly on Saturday night. I really do. I think the Sharks are going to take it to them. I think game four is going to be a game, and then they're going to go back to Pittsburgh. They're going to lose, and then ultimately lose game six at home. I, I think that's a very good possibility. That's also what I see happening. I just think... That, that's what I see as most realistic. The Sharks are going to come out on Saturday night and just play like they like. this is fun game facts, seven. This is everything. Facts. Don't mean to interrupt you. You're good. But in this Warriors-Cavs game, Sean Livingston and uh, Barbosa have combined for 13 points on 6 of 8 shooting, while Steph Curry and Klay Thompson... I've combined for 10 points on 4 of 13. See, that's it. Shows you how important role players can be. Right. The Warriors are a deep team. And everyone says, like... Yes, they are. They, and and that, that's why you, you need that to win a championship in, in any sport. Right. And I think people, people overlook that with the Warriors, though. They think Steph Curry's the whole thing when he's really not. This is a great team. No, Without Sean, him, they're Sean still Livingston a great team. Sean Livingston has had a great season. Oh, unbelievable. Sean Livingston is a very, very good player. Right. A very, very serviceable. I think he could start on a lot of teams. He could. On a lot of teams that don't have, obviously that don't have the talent that the Warriors do. Right, right. So, is it a consensus decision that we've got Penguins and six? Penguins and six, yes. Alright, that sounds good to me. So, we're going to move on to our segment that we're going to do every week. Or every however often we record. Yeah, we'll see. Which is our big, our big idiots of the week. Idiots of the week. So, Here we go. Will, I, you're first. I'd like to hear your big idiot of the week. Oh, me first? My yes. big idiot of the week. Boston fans, you can pick them 52 weeks a year. Clay Buckholtz. Oh, he's the big idiot of every week. He's the big idiot of every week. But especially this week because he really ticked me off this week. The guy after his start in, I want to say it was it was his second to last start as a start. It was his second to last start. It was late May. It was about a week ago, maybe two. Uh, after the start, he had given up like four runs, but he had pitched pretty well. He gave up a three-run home run. It was like one bad pitch, kind of a typical buckle tonight. And he said he felt the best he had all season because there was rumors circling about how he was going to get moved to the bullpen. He's like, I this is the best I felt all season. Like um. I'm ready to turn it around. He goes out his next start. He gives up six runs in five innings. Then he gets moved to the bullpen and acts like he doesn't know what hit him. And he deserves to be a starter. And he's owed things. He's not owed anything. The guy is the most overrated. He's a he's a nut job. He's a head case. He has no... He is a head case. He is... Oh, he is such a head case. He, like you've mentioned, we've both mentioned many times, he has the stuff, but he's so spacey. I've never seen anything oh, no, like he it. He can't keep himself in a game mentally. He can't keep himself in a game. And he finds any other excuse besides himself. I can't stand Clay Buckholtz. I can't stand him. I, I stuck by him for years. I always said he had the potential it was going to happen one day. I'm done. I'm done saying he has potential. I've never heard anything. Who has potential 11 years into their career? You, that doesn't happen. You hear, oh, this guy's got potential. No. His first, second, or third year in the league. Not this when he's a veteran. year and a half had Exactly. Me too. I'm done with Clay Buckholtz. He's my big idiot of this week and every week. Oh, for sure. And my big idiot of the week, Joe freaking Kelly. This guy the goggles. comes out on the mound. I believe he came out in the, in the first inning with a four-run lead, correct? Yes. Or the second inning. He had a, he had a four-run lead first. very early. First inning, yeah. Yeah. And, only, and coming out of the game with a one-run lead, he gave up seven runs after the Red Sox scored. In eight. two and a third, he gives up seven runs. Yeah. The Red Sox gave him eight runs to work with, and when he left the game in the third inning, 
yep, Machado. Yep. They, they do not have weapons on that team other than the two of them. And I don't like hearing that Adam Jones can hit because he really can't. He's a mediocre no, hitter. He's past his prime. He's exactly. Past his prime. Joe Kelly, I'm glad that you're down in AAA. Me too. It's better for the team that you are down in AAA. Because honestly, you've got stuff. Kind of like Clay. You just don't know where to freaking put it. You leave balls over the middle of the plate. I see you miss targets every single pitch. See, when you're on, you're on. But when you're off, you are so off. And, and that's, that's what Yeah, and I think that's a, that's what scares me about our rotation. I like what I've seen so far, but there's a lot of inconsistent inconsistencies from everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Price has been inconsistent. Porcello's been inconsistent. Kelly's been, in, I mean, he's been pretty bad, but he's been, he has had he's some good starts. So he's been inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, he has been. And Stephen Wright has been consistently very good, minus, he had that one start in that, Torrential downpour against the Astros. Right. That, that, that's the one thing that it worries me come October time. If you want to have him pitch, you better pray it doesn't rain. Right. And winds. If it's really windy with a knuckleball, it's not good. No, you, you got to pray for perfect weather in October if you want him to pitch. Right. I mean, his is, an, in his defense, it's not a Tim Wakefield knuckleball. He's got a little more on it, so it doesn't, it's not affected by the weather quite as much. But still, it's a knuckleball. So, yeah, we need near perfect weather. Two thousand sixteen World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. I like the sounds of that. Hashtag gold bottles. Gold bottles, baby. Gold bottles. Do it for the large father one last time. So for our first podcast, remember it's the Lansdowne Podcast. I'm Burke Layden with Will Ramo. Will. That sounded good to me. All right. See you. See you soon. Thanks for listening.